I launched my blog at 33, y'all, 33. And then um, I had my first six-figure year at 38. So it was 30, so it was last year. Hey guys, welcome back to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Jazzy, and today we have another episode about a way that you can make money online. Latasha Peterson is a globally recognized side hustle expert, blog business coach, wife, mother of four, speaker, and founder of Arts and Budgets, LLC. She helps ambitious side hustlers and bloggers turn their content into multiple income streams. She's also turned her side hustle blog into a six-figure business that earns over $10,000 each month, and she has also been featured in CNBC, Black Enterprise, Business Insider, Bankrate, Plutus Foundation, LegalZoom, Smart Blogger, Tailwind, and so many other publications. If you've ever thought about starting a blog, definitely keep listening to this episode because we talk about everything from choosing your niche to creating content and even monetizing your new blog. Hey, Latasha, welcome to the podcast. Um, thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing well. What about you? I'm doing pretty good. Very busy, yeah, but doing yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, you've definitely got your hands full. Four babies <laughs> over there. Yes. How old is your youngest? Um, she is three months. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was going to say, I thought you just had a baby. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine is seven months, so... Aww. I was right there in the Close. trenches with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were together in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, congratulations on the new baby. <laughs> Thank you. And you too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, yeah. Do you want to go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your business? Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm Latasha Peterson. Um, I'm the founder and owner of um, Arts and Budgets LLC with my husband, um, which essentially is a blog and also a digital business where we help side hustlers turn their blogs and also their geniuses and content into um, you know multiple income streams. Um, I'm a side hustle expert and also currently a blogging coach, um, helping other bloggers you know turn their blogs into uh, profitable businesses as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Side hustles. That's what I love the most. So I'm so excited to connect with somebody else who loves them just as much as me. Yes. (laughs) What are some side hustles that you've tried before? Oh, my God. So I feel like um, I've done a lot. So I've been a brand ambassador. I have done surveys. (laughs) I've done focus groups. I've been a substitute teacher. Um, I've been a virtual assistant, um, to name a few. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, same. It's like, okay, let's start going down the list. (laughs) Dog walker, (laughs) mystery shopper, surveys is good. Mystery shopping was was fun. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I did that one too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was with Phil Agent or something like that. And uh, a few other platforms too that were really, really uh, pretty cool too as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what motivated you to start a blog? Um, I was pregnant with my first child in 2016. And I was like, you know what? I was, you know, I was teaching at this point. I was teaching at a performing arts high school and me and my husband decided that I would stay home um, and start a side hustle. And the side hustle that I had been looking into was blogging. I had seen other bloggers earning 10K, 20K a month. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, if they can do it, 
let me try to do it too. It's not going to hurt. My husband is taking care of everything else. Let me just dive in and just take advantage of this. And I started a personal finance blog because I've always had a love for side hustles. So I was like, you know, I always love helping people find more side hustles. Why not start a blog about it? Yeah, that seems like a perfect fit. And that's kind of what I did too, actually. I, I came across... Um, Making Sense of Sense. I don't know if you're familiar with that blog. Yes. Michelle, The, the yeah. same. Same, same. <laughs> and she was making like 100K a month or something crazy. And I was like, right. what? You can do this with a blog? Yep. So let me go ahead and start my little blog over here. <laughs> and yeah, I was pretty much reviewing side hustles. I like, feel like, like all the time. <laughs> yeah. I feel like way back in the day, people thought that blogs were just like these personal diaries almost. But yep. And people used to do that, you know, but they're, yeah, they're not. And that's not the way to be profitable. So can you talk about, I guess, how, if someone's just starting out, they're interested in starting a blog, how can they lay a strong foundation for ensuring that they could be profitable in the future? I think like one of the first things is making sure that they're going into a niche that has a proven demand. People are searching for it on Google but also a niche that they're passionate about if they want to write the content themselves in the beginning, because some bloggers start where they write the content, but then they hand it off to other writers too. So it's really, mm -hmm. um, really going to vary dependent on the person and what they want to do with the blog, but really focusing in on the content, creating high quality content that serves their target audience is key. Um, and then looking for those ways to monetize the blog. Like, do they want to be more, um, you know, face front on social media? Do they want to sell a course or do they want to be more on the, like, you know, behind the scenes making passive income through ads and um, affiliate mm -hmm. marketing? So it's yeah. really, you know, figuring out where, what angles they want to do, but either one, um, you know, if it's, you know, going the social media route, then that's being consistent, constantly posting, figuring out what their target audience wants, what is Instagram going to actually show in the, <laughs> in the mm -hmm. feeds and things like that to send people to your courses and things like that and freebies? Or is it more so passive income where you're trying to monetize your traffic? Yeah. Uh, there's so much we can talk about with monetization. I'll save that for a little bit later. But as far as niches, right? I know. Yeah. yeah. Within that one. <laughs> right. As far as niches, what are some of the top niches that you're seeing right now as a blogger coach? Yeah. So some of the top ones I uh, have seen um, have been, well, currently um, recipes. So food blogging is mm. always huge, right? Like we always need food. So that's a really highly <laughs> yeah. profitable niche, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Another area, another niche that's really profitable is fitness. So losing weight, you know, how do we lose weight? How do I get in shape? You know, I just had a baby. So I'm like, I need to go back and look at these blogs and see mm -hmm. which bloggers are talking about how to, you know, how to lose weight or how to tone up when you, while you're breastfeeding or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. How to safely um, so like exercise postpartum. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So fitness is another uh, profitable niche. Uh, food blogging is a, uh, a good one too. Um, also travel. Um, if somebody travels around the world, they can document that. And those, mm -hmm. Um, niches do very well. I just saw someone on Twitter who has a travel blog and she's making with ads alone, like 40 K a month with just ads. Crazy. And yeah, she does, that's awesome. it's crazy, right? And she yeah. does a travel blog. So those are some of the ones that, um, that off the top of my head for sure. Personal mm -hmm. finance uh, blogs tend to do very well. It's a lot of people in that industry, but they tend to do well. If you're super consistent, you have to constantly be creating content, for that, yeah. I was um, mm -hmm. reading about another food blogger and she said that she hasn't written a blog post in about almost three years. 
and she's still making six figures with the blog and hasn't even really touched it. So mm-hmm. you see how it could be different yeah, for the niche. Yeah, that's the beauty of yeah of blogging that long form content that lives forever on the internet and can forever. be found with search. Can you explain Google SEO like at a high level for anyone that doesn't know? Yeah, so um, SEO is search engine optimization. It's basically how people find your content, right? It is it is the things that we may do for blog posts, like you know keyword research or internal linking, external linking, because we're trying to maximize our blog posts to actually be seen in Google. And it's one of the most important things I feel like bloggers should definitely focus on in the beginning that a lot of bloggers don't. When I first started my blog, I didn't focus on SEO. (laughs) I didn't know, you know, I didn't know about SEO because like, Mm -hmm. I feel like when, when, when we first were starting like to blog in like 2016, 2017, that's when I started um, a lot of people wasn't, you know, talking about SEO. They were just like, just like start a blog and write content and keep writing. Yeah. I really didn't hear focus on SEO right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, what are some of the things that you should be focusing on with that? Like your page speed and things like that. I really just didn't hear that until like later. And it does make a difference. Yeah, for sure. I know there's a lot of courses out there that you can take. There's probably tons of information on YouTube. Yeah, you know, free content that you can, you know, start learning about SEO. But if you're creating all this content, you want people to see it. So it's definitely important yes. to, to learn SEO. And now at this point, yes. all these different platforms are starting to pick up on SEO. And like, now you can optimize for Instagram, TikTok, all of that stuff, too. Yes. And of course, YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Pinterest. So it's a good skill to know. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're all yeah. using it. Like, all right. of them. Mm-hmm. So what are some other things that people focus on in the beginning? I know a lot of people get hung up on naming their blog, um, choosing a hosting platform and that sort of thing. What recommendations do you have there? Yeah. So I feel like one of the first things is really honing into your target audience. Who are the people that you want to serve with this content? You know, a lot of people, like you said, get really stuck on the logo and the website brand and all that stuff. And that stuff will come. The main thing is what is your niche? Who is your target audience? Who are you talking to? And then after that, you know, you could pick out a logo because you can literally start a blog, a website without the logo and then get the logo later, you know, but it's really about who are you, who do you want to talk to? What's your niche? Really honing into those uh, blog posts and then, you know, figuring out, okay, what do I want my logo to be? Do I want to be seen on this blog or do I kind of want to be behind the scenes? I don't want my face to be shown. Mm-hmm. Really honing into what you want to do as a blogger. Yeah. And along those lines with showing your face versus not, is that okay to do nowadays with your blog? Is it fine to be kind of faceless? Yeah. So I feel like if somebody wants to monetize like through ads and affiliate marketing, Um, absolutely. Now Mm -hmm. I would say, um, if they don't want to be totally like upfront with the blog, that's Mm -hmm. totally fine. Um, I had heard that Google likes when you have some type of presence, like, uh, on your about page or something where it's like showing your face to know that it's somebody with the rise of AI coming out. Yeah. I've heard (laughs) a lot about that. Yeah. Right. Right. So I would say if somebody doesn't want to show their face, I would at least try to show my like a picture on the about page. But I have seen a ton of successful bloggers do it without showing their face. But mm-hmm. they were monetizing with the traffic and like with ads and affiliate marketing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So you would need a lot of content in order to get a more lot traffic. of content. Your yeah. whole like I feel like if you don't show your face, your whole job is to just write content. Yeah. So when it comes to content, then how can you start creating high quality blog posts? 
Oh yeah. So that's a great question. Um, I think one of the key things is making sure that you are writing for your audience, right? So you're including those things in there where it's not just like, like just putting anything together, but it's almost like the go-to guide because remember we Mm. want to serve when we're writing these blog posts, right? So we want to have in our mind, this is one of the go-to pieces um, that individuals can go to when they look at this and they're going to leave feeling fulfilled. They're going to leave feeling inspired. They're going to leave feeling like they got some answers, right? Mm -hmm. So I think one of the biggest things about creating high quality content is you're adding in stats. You're adding in, um, you know, videos and tutorials and, you know, lists and things like that to really help the person go from point A to point B. And when they leave your blog post, um, they should leave feeling like they got like what they came for and the answers yeah. that they came for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I know that's one of the things that Google rewards you in the search results for is if you actually are yeah. answering the questions of people. And I know back in the day too, it used to be like you had to write these really, really long blog posts. Like I forget mm-hmm. what the minimum word count was. Is that still the case nowadays? Yeah. So I feel like a lot of times, like when you do write, like, okay, when you have like your audience in mind and you have guides and things like mm-hmm. that, I think most of the time they are over, I would say at least 1500, 2000 words almost. I know for okay. like a site, like I, I specifically wrote about or still do write about, I have a writer writing with me now, uh, side hustles and ways for people to make money. And mm-hmm. the blog posts are normally always over 2000 words. Yeah, I was wondering, especially with the rise of short form video content and that sort of thing, if people are trying to kind of get that information more quickly and if that's translating over to the blog world too. Yeah. So I feel like the blog world is going to catch on to that too. I feel Mm -hmm. like people are going to be, you're going to probably be seeing more and more videos as the years go on with the rise of AI and everything that's happening. Yeah, The blogging world is definitely changing. I am super interested in into learning what it will look like in the next three years. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see. I know I read an article that was talking about AI and how Google might be suppressing those articles and search results if it's written completely with AI, which is reassuring for bloggers who are real people (laughs) and want to be successful blogging. So yeah, I Mm -hmm. think that's huge. Yes. So huge. (laughs) Yeah. So you just mentioned that you had a writer. When would you recommend outsourcing to other writers? And what do you look for when you're searching for somebody to help you out with your content? Absolutely. So when I am looking for a writer, I look for individuals that have a background in that area. So for my, um, my personal finance blog, the, like the side hustle blog, I look for individuals that had experience writing for personal finance blogs, right? Mm-hmm. They had other experience writing for different blogs um, in that area about money, you know, and that, that was one of the big things for me is that they have an expertise in that. Um, and then also um, someone that can also capture like um, kind of like the culture of my blog, right? And what we're about and um, things like that was really big for me. So when I look for a writer, I always ask for a sample writing, mm-hmm. um, you know, samples that they have, but then I also give them a test article to see how oh, they wow. write, to idea. see if we write, to see if we work good together, you know, and it's a paid test article. I see if they, you know, follow instructions and things like that. Just little things like that can um, make a break. I feel like somebody becoming someone's writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important. And you just mentioned that you have created this sort of culture within your blog and your business. How did you do that? Yeah. So I feel like, like 
constantly posting. And then what happened was what I saw was when I started to post on social media, it started to build a community. Mm. A community of people who were looking for remote side hustles, looking to like learn how to turn a blog into a business, like a side hustle blog into a business. But it started to develop like this culture of individuals who were like go-getters and really wanted to like quit their nine to five jobs and start a side hustle or, yeah. or being a boss mom, you know, you're staying at home, but you could also start like your own side business. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Yeah. <laughs> like we could do it. We could do it too. Even though we have kids. We can mm-hmm. still do it, right? Yeah. Speaking of that, so I just saw your post that you made today about like how old you were at different stages of your business, which I thought was really cool and yeah. super inspiring. Can you talk about Thank that? You. When like how old you were when you started your blog? You just mentioned that you had your first kid, so I remember seeing that connection too. But yeah, I feel yes. like that's huge to let people know like you can do this regardless of your age, regardless of what's happening in your life. So yeah. Go ahead and tell, do like a recap of that post. Yeah. So like I'm 39 now and um, I always feel like, oh my God, am I too old to be doing this, too old to be doing that? But it's not the case because like I got married at 30. I had my first kid at 32. I launched my blog at 33, y'all, 33. And then um, I had my first six figure year at 38. So it was 30. So it was last year. Um, And it was some time. It was some trial and error. But you know what? God did do it, right? And mm-hmm. it's still continuously growing. And that's the beauty of it. Like if we start, we have to learn to finish. Like when I first started my blog, I didn't earn any money for like the year, like the first year and a half. You know, I was just like yeah. learning the ins and outs. And mm-hmm. then I finally got accepted into Mediavine, you know, like the following year at the, at the end of that year. And then um, slowly but surely kept writing content, kept being consistent. If something didn't work, y'all, I tweaked it went back, start studying more. What can I do differently? How can I change this? Do I need to write more content? Who should I be writing for? Like, should I be on Instagram? Mm-hmm. Should I take on TikTok? Whatever the case may be, just really studying and studying others that have done it and seeing what could be possible with that and really yeah. honing yeah. into that. And and also the biggest thing for me, I think, is staying consistent. Because even after I had my first child and I was, I had my kids two years apart. So I had one at 32, 34, 36. And then I just had my daughter on my birthday at 39. (laughs) So I would have had her at 38. Oh my gosh. Did you plan it that way? No, no. (laughs) I was hoping that I was like, I hope she doesn't come on my birthday. And my husband was like, she might come on your birthday like the whole month. I'm like, no, what is the odds of that? Like, that's not going to happen. Sure Mm -hmm. enough, I went into labor on the 23rd and had her on the 24th. I'm like, Oh oh my God. Okay. I'm in the hospital on my birthday. <laughs> that, that's going to be like, quite no. the story to tell. So my mom, her birthday is the day before mine. So she went into labor on her birthday, had me. And so I was pregnant and I was like, oh my gosh, please don't let this baby come. First of all, she was due in February. So in my birthday's in December. So I was like, she shouldn't come, you know, that early, but I definitely do not right. want her to come around my birthday. And then she came like two and a half weeks later two or three weeks later. So, <laughs> so oh my God. Oh, it's so close. Yeah. Like, Oh my God. That's so close. And it's so funny that yeah. you say that because my mom's birthday is two days after mine. So mine is April 24th. <laughs> oh my gosh. All of y'all hers together. Is April 26th all together. Like, like your mom's birthday is close. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is just <laughs> too much. Like now we have me and my daughter's birthday on the 24th forever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so big on birthdays. I like to do big things like, mm-hmm. oh, it's my birthday. Let's do now this. Now you got to share it. Yeah. Now I got to share it. Oh my God. Hope you enjoyed but those I'm 38 years. <laughs> right. 
I already had it for 30 years by myself. Kind of, sort of, because like the last one, I feel like I was in the hospital, so I didn't feel like Yeah, yeah. But it's all right. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I love that because I do think so many people think, oh, is it too late to get started? I'll leave this to the younger kids, whatever. And yeah, go for it's it. Regardless late. of your age. Go yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so important. So when you say that you were kind of looking at what was working, what wasn't working, what sorts of data and analytics were you looking at to figure that out? Perfect. Yeah. So I was looking at Google analytics. I was looking at social media analytics and insights like Instagram. What posts did better? You like what mm-hmm. posts were higher, which real posts got better. I remember last year I was um, like at 26,000 followers. And then like in three months I grew to like over a hundred K, you know, it was yeah. just like crazy. So I was like, okay, people like to hear about this topic or whatnot. They, they like this type of um, reels. And I feel like the reels kind of shifted a little bit. Now people are just doing more reels, like where people are just kind of like, doing everyday life and you just write something on the screen but like (laughs) last year I was like doing like the stuff like this like I was like like pointing and doing a lot of that last year and it blew up I mean it Mm -hmm. went really well this year a little different different trends people are like typing on their computer (laughs) and just putting the words on the screen right and those are going really well yeah. So interesting how it how it how it sw- switches, but I was mm-hmm. definitely like looking at insights, seeing how the different posts perform. I also was doing a little mix of like Twitter posts at that point. Now I do more of what is it trends or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's out now. I do oh, more threads, of those yeah. Type of posts. yeah, threads. Yes, I do. I I do more of those type of posts now. Mm-hmm. Um, just really trying to stay on top of all of the, the, of the platforms that you can see. I'm like, had my brain to call something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. There's so many <laughs> platforms out there. So how do you drive traffic and what's your main traffic source? Is it Google yeah, so, or? Yeah. So Google and Pinterest. So Pinterest okay. was like my first uh, traffic source. Um, and I was getting about 40,000 page views from Pinterest. Um, oh, wow. And almost up to like 60 K from Pinterest by itself. And then mm-hmm. I started was, I was like, okay, so let me like tap in with SEO, but currently it's SEO and Google. No, SEO and Pinterest. <laughs> okay. Google yeah, that's helpful. and Pinterest are my first sources. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you create content for Pinterest? I know about pins, there's SEO on there. There's so many different yeah. strategies. And a lot of that has changed too. Cause when I first was blogging, they were talking about all those little groups that you get in and you like, share Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> And all that, you don't do that anymore. So yeah, what's going Mm -hmm. on in the Pinterest SEO world? Oh my gosh. So Pinterest is like another beast right now. Like I feel like they changed so much. They currently want you to like, like, I don't know how they think people are human doing this, but they literally (laughs) like want you to create um, like maybe three to five new, new, fresh Pinterest pins every single day for the different blog posts that you have. So if you have a hundred blog posts, you're doing maybe three to five new fresh pins, creating those pins per day for seven days a week. And let's say like you're focusing on, I would say it's the more you do, the better chances are you are to get traffic. So mm-hmm. I would say like pin like five new fresh pins per day, schedule yeah. them out. And this is creating new pins and maybe picking up a template, you know, templates that you can purchase and just plug them in. I have a VA that does that now mm-hmm. because I just don't have the time to do it at yeah. all. Yeah, no, um, but awesome. um, and I was looking at someone on Twitter, and he says that he literally sends out twenty pins per day. 
Mm. And he's getting about 800,000 page views oh my gosh. a month so it's from working. Pinterest. Yeah. So it's working. I was like, oh my God. But you're right. So many new How humans. is a human, one person, supposed to do that? Like, they're really expecting you to be a full team or have some sort of AI <laughs> right. helping you out. Right. That is your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a pen. So yeah, then, if you're supposed to pen like up to five pens per day per article, you're only sharing like a couple of your articles a day. Is yeah. that right? Instead like, of all of them, you know, obviously. Yeah. Right. Do you share right. like so your you're top spacing ones? Them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top ones and you're spacing them out. I would say space them out. So like if you have a hundred pens, I mean a hundred blog posts, you do five new blog posts, seven days a week, and then you end back up and then you'll end back up to blog post number one again. Okay. And then also so look at the Pinterest them. analytics. Yeah. So then look at the Pinterest analytics too and see which posts, well, which pins are doing the best and then go back and create more Pinterest pins for those article. Well, for that for for that article that's doing amazing, mm-hmm. create additional Pinterest pins for those articles in particular that Pinterest are highlighting and sending a lot of traffic to too. Yeah. And then pin those to your best performing boards. So looking, okay. you know, seeing all that would be inside of insights as well. It's like seeing okay. what are your best boards, what are mm-hmm. your best performing pins, whatever those are, maximize on those and start creating a lot of Pinterest pin images for those and start pinning them to your best performing boards. Okay. Yeah. There's so much that goes into it. And so, so keywords are still much. important on Pinterest. They are. Okay. Yeah, they are. So like keep like, you know, like, as you may know, putting the keywords in the description and on your board titles and board descriptions, all that is still really relevant on Pinterest still. Okay. Have you used Tailwind? I used to. Yes. I okay. used to use it a lot. I don't know. Like, like, do you remember like when we used to pin like 80 pins a day in Tailwind. Like we'll yes. do that. <laughs> That's what I was just about to say. Like Tailwind was so crazy back in the day. Like I cannot believe it we was. were doing that. Um, but <laughs> Tailwind, I recently just logged into the account because I was like, what is going on? I still have an account and I didn't even realize it. And um, they have where you can like create pins now in Tailwind. Oh, and wow. I was like, wait, what? Like you click a button, you literally choose like the colors you want to use and maybe a couple of pictures and it just creates the pin, like the actual oh. template for you. Oh, and like all you AI have to do is, yeah, all you have to do is add the link to your blog post in there, add a description that they can rotate in through those. But yeah, you can do oh, like 20, cool. 50 at a time, like however many you want to make. I'm oh, like, that might save some time though. Mm-hmm. With Pinterest. So I need to dig into that a little bit more, but yeah, I feel like there's, there's yeah. new stuff out here that I got to look into. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I totally agree with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then for Google, as far as getting traffic, what tools do you use to do keyword research? So I have used a few tools. I have used keysearch.co. Have you heard of the, that one? Yeah. Yep. I've used, and also Ahrefs. Have you heard of that one? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. Ahrefs, keysearch.co, um, and some of the uh, beginner ones that I was using was, well, one of the ones that I, when I first started doing keyword research was Uber Suggests. Okay. I don't know yeah. If yeah. I've heard so of like, it, but I haven't used that one. Okay. But you use keysearch.co and Yeah, Ahrefs. I've used Ahrefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are like my two favorite ones. I think keysearch.co is really similar to Ahrefs. I just think Ahrefs is um, a little bit more robust. Yeah. Um, and I think they've changed their pricing model too. They might be they way, well, they're way more expensive than key search. I know that for sure, They are, <laughs> but I think they're they yeah even more expensive than they were when I was using them. 
before. Yeah, I heard that. Like, do you know, do you remember how much it was when you were using them? <sighs> I can't remember. It would be a guess. Um, but I know that they used to have a free trial that was really good. They did. Um, and they got rid of that. <laughs> so yeah, I think they got yeah. hip to like people like switching cars just to get that free, free, oh, wow. free trial for 14 days. Right. Um, cause they took it away. And I remember when I had, cause I had done the free trial with them and then mm-hmm. I had heard like some months later, like they were taking it away. I was like, Oh, why? Like, you know, but yeah. now they don't even have a free trial. Like you have mm-hmm. to like sign up. Yeah. Because really you could go in there and do all the research you needed to do <laughs> in that amount of time. Right. And, and then cancel like it. Six months. Right. Yeah, until you need to come like, back, like write all those articles you want to do. And then, yeah. Right. Cause you can literally so get, get like, if, if like, like if somebody did it right within those 14 days, they could like possibly get about like six months to a year, almost when, a good six mm-hmm. months of content to create, cre- to write and create. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's worth it. I don't know how much it costs now, but maybe it's worth it to go ahead and get it for like a month and then <laughs> see yeah. how much information you could get from it. Yeah. Yeah. I have to see how much it is now currently for, uh, new, uh, mm-hmm. new bloggers. Cause I'm still with the same one. I think it's grandfathered in or something oh, yeah, like that. Probably. Yeah, so I don't know sense. how much it is for people that are coming on for a mm-hmm. new account. Yeah. Um, but I did hear that they were going up, but I wasn't, I'm not too sure how much it is right now. Yeah. No clue. But key search is, is pretty affordable. Um, they do yes. like credit. So you buy as much as you need, which I think is helpful. Um, again, can't remember at the pricing of that either right, right. now. Think, um, it's always changing. So it's like just go $17. look up what, yeah. what the most recent one is. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're about $17 a month for key search. Mm-hmm. And like, if somebody's just beginning key search, we'll definitely get the job done. I'm just so used to Ahrefs and just moving on if like, you know, mm-hmm. and just seeing like and studying it and things like that. It's just a little bit easier, but I still do like keysearch.co though too. Yeah. As mm-hmm. well. They have the right information as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as far as traffic, Google, Pinterest, very good options. And then for social media, how are you driving traffic to your blog from Instagram and TikTok and whatever else? Yeah. So like the reels do really well. So like if you're on Instagram, absolutely start doing reels. Um, Instagram, they like the Twitter like posts too. Those do very well on Instagram Mm -hmm. and utilizing that bio. Yes. (laughs) Utilizing the bio, um, is a really good way to generate traffic to your websites as well. And also don't be scared of the stories because we can sell in our stories, paint a picture, like take people on a journey of your day behind the scenes, mm-hmm. utilize your stories to actually send people to those blog posts and to back to your freebies or anything like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good idea. And then, yeah, like you said, driving traffic to your freebies, um, getting them on your email list, we know is yes. super important for bloggers and online businesses. So how, how have you built your email list? How would you recommend it? And also using that email list to eventually sell to your audience um, effectively? What tips do you have for that? Yeah, so absolutely utilizing, like I said, like those bios, um, having opt-ins on your actual website. Now, remember, people come to our websites um, and they're not just going to join like a opt-in form that says, hey, join my opt-in form or join my mailing <laughs> list. They're going to be like, for what? Yeah. So they like something free. So so think about what type of freebie that you create. Is it an ebook? Is it a guide? Is it a, a masterclass? Whatever it may be. And consider offering that to your audience when they come to your website for mm-hmm. their email. So in exchange for their um 
for their email, you can give them a free gift, which is something that they're looking for. So we're focusing in on what our target audience needs in that moment and packaging it up into a freebie, right? It's not going to be like every single thing in one, but it will be a beginning of helping them solve whatever it may be. So like if you are a fitness blogger, it might be, you know, 10 vegan recipes that you can try or something Mm -hmm. like that. Or if you're a vegan blogger, it might be 10 vegan recipes that you can try when you're transitioning. And then like a pay product might be the whole recipe book. It might be a hundred recipes, you know, then that could be like their tripwire product um, that Mm -hmm. goes with the freebie. So always thinking about, I have this freebie, but what other product could go with this freebie that goes together perfectly. And one of the ways to build your email list is utilizing your bio on those social media platforms and then also utilizing your own website. Yeah, that's, that's super important. And do you take the content that's on your website and repurpose it into social media content or do they kind of live separately almost, almost independently, I guess? Yeah. So I feel like they almost live independently, but I feel like I could probably repurpose a lot of the Instagram stuff that I do for Mm -hmm. blog posts. For sure. Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> so go the you know, other way. I do a, Instagram to blog. Yeah. So yeah, I do repurpose Instagram content for TikTok though. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. At this point I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause now Pinterest even has where you can put them on there. I forget what, are they idea pins? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Idea pins. Yeah. So it's like your Instagram reels can become TikToks, idea pins and YouTube shorts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's so Absolutely. much. So yeah. So much. I need to get get on that repurposing game for sure. Yes. <laughs> so like we just said, there's so much content that you're creating. How do you stay consistent? How do you manage your time? And how often should people even be publishing new blog posts? Oh, yeah. So I always suggest at least post one blog post per week. Um, just to get some content out there. If you can do two, do two, right? But you want to focus on the quality, right, of the blog post. You just don't want to just put like a hundred word post out there that doesn't solve any problems that your target audience is facing. You really want to focus in on um, creating quality content. And for me, Mm -hmm. that's at least one blog post per week right now with with four kids, with my husband. (laughs) I also have a writer too, so that helps um, as well. So I think like with my husband, he works from home too. Um, And really teaming up with him, like right now he's with our three boys and our daughter. So we team up and say, okay, I'll do the morning work on the business and then you take the afternoon and work on our second business. So mm-hmm. we take turns and really figure out what works best. And we always have a calendar and we look at the calendar of what's happening, what's going on and it works really well. Yeah. Yeah. Love that teamwork. And I love that y'all yeah. are doing this together. That's sweet. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> really nice. Okay. So monetization, we can talk a lot about this. So what are the ways yeah. that you've monetized your blog? Are there other ways that you haven't monetized, but we should mention just so people are aware that that's you know something that they could do? Yeah. So I have tried a lot of different um, ways. So I currently do uh, display ads, affiliate marketing, selling digital products. At one point I did physical products too, but I don't do that right now. I put that on hold. <laughs> <laughs> um, working with brands on sponsor posts has been a good one too. Uh, public speaking at um, online events, uh, one-on-one coaching and also group coaching as well. And I think that that's it. Selling digital products like courses and I have an ebook 
and things mm-hmm. of that nature as well. So I've done a lot of the different ways, but um, but another way is physical products to sell those. But I don't do that currently. I have okay. though. Yeah, yeah, that would be a lot. <laughs> Just keeping yeah. inventory. I'm a big fan of digital products instead. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Have you ever offered services too? Uh, like writing services. Yeah. I have well, freelance I know some, writing. some people, some bloggers do like, um, either writing or VA services or something like that. They kind of do on the side of their blog oh. too, as part of it. But yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, no, I haven't offered like VA services, but I am doing like uh blog audits really soon. Oh, okay. Like, but, yeah. You know, um, so yeah. So blog audits will be, um, coming out, um, really soon that I'll be mm-hmm. offering for individuals who want people just to, you know, look at their blog and really dive into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so let's dive into the different types. What are the top ways that you're making money currently? And we'll go from there. Yeah. So display ads, selling digital products, um, and working with brands on sponsor posts. Okay. So display ads, I know what that is, but can you explain it for those who don't know? Yeah. So it's like when an ad management company such as Mediavine or um, let's say uh, AdThrive, I think they changed their name though recently, AdThrive did. Oh, really? Uh, but it's when they put ads on your website and when somebody comes to your website, you earn passive income. So you earn a set amount and um, you go over with your um, ad management company on how much that may be, what that may look like. It can vary depending on your niche um, as well. But um, you earn a certain amount of money every single day, mm-hmm. you know, if you're getting some traffic to your site um, from those ads that are placed onto your blog post. Yeah. And I know it takes some time to get into those ad networks. Can you talk a little bit about some of the requirements that might be, you know, someone might need to hit in order to get into an ad network? Yeah. So currently with Mediavine, they want you to have at least 50,000 sessions per month, which is roughly around 60,000 pages per month to your blog. Um, They also want you to be in good standing with Google and create high quality content, um, you know, that's consistent. Um, Mm -hmm. I know with AdThrive, um, they want you to have 100,000 page views before you apply. And same thing goes with them. They want you to be in good standing with Google and create original high quality content. Um, Mm -hmm. Another one that has, I think, a lower threshold is uh, SheMedia. And I think they want you to have like 20,000 page views. Um, But same thing goes like in good standing with Google and high quality content as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are a lot of different options at different levels, they which are. is really nice. And as you hit that next level, you can always upgrade and change your company if you'd like. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get like a contract with like one of them and it may be, um, look and see how long it is. And maybe I, I think it probably is a year or something like that, but mm-hmm. even, like each one has a different contract. So I would say look over the contract because most of them don't want you to sign in with another ad management company, but it might be for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And then as far as sponsorships, how do you go about landing those collaborations? Do you reach out and start pitching yourself or have you gotten a lot of people reaching out to you? Oh yeah. So like last year and starting of this year, a lot of people reached out to me and I would like review who they are. And if it was a good fit, then, you know, after we negotiate on how much to charge for all of this, right. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother conversation. This social, <laughs> True. such a yeah. big conversation. Um, then, um, you know, if it was a good fit, good, like good fit for my audience, then we can negotiate a price on all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, another way that I have gotten brand sponsorships have been, um, signing up for websites such as clever 
and find your influence, right? And okay. finding out like and reading like the new sponsorships that they have on their sites and applying for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so brands have reached out to me. And then the other way was actually joining like a platform like Clever and looking through what they have and then applying for some of those uh, sponsor, well, some of those campaigns that fit my niche. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, can you give an example of what that sponsorship and campaign might look like? Yes. If you go to like something like Clever and you sign up for their platform, then they might have it where they only push out to you like campaigns that fit like your background, your niche background and things like that. And then from there, what you could do is you can apply for that. And if you do get picked, they'll tell you, we're looking for an Instagram reel. We're looking for an Instagram story with three Mm -hmm. frames. Um, We're looking for you to create a blog post and we're offering you $1,500. Do you accept or no? And you could say yes or no. Um, Or you could try to negotiate and say, hey, you know, um, I currently do Instagram reels for a thousand dollars or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing out a number. Um, I could do the Instagram reel and the Instagram story, but not the blog post because for the blog post, I might charge like an extra five, like 500 or $700 mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so you can like either negotiate with them or you could say, this sounds great. I can do the Instagram story, the Instagram reel and the blog post for 1500. And then from there, they will send you like a, you know, information about what to say, what not to say, you know, what they're looking for, mm-hmm. what type of reels they may be looking for, where they want you to post to reel if it's um instagram or but maybe they want to want you to cross promote on tiktok so it's like all these little things that they may ask and um i think like working with brands like if somebody's working with brands i highly suggest if they can because they want you to sign a contract to get somebody yeah get legal advice too on what is this saying mm-hmm. because they can have words in there like perpetuity which means that they can use your likeness forever so you may do this one time and they pay you a flat fee of $2,000, but they can use this video forever and not pay you a dime after the $2,000 yeah. that they sent you. So it's, always really wise to, <laughs> right. so, so it's always really wise to seek legal counsel too from a lawyer, um, mm-hmm. especially um, because every single sponsorship I've had has been, um, they have given me a contract to look over. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Get somebody else that knows what they're yes. doing. <laughs> if you yes. don't understand all of that. Right. Cause it's so much legal terms like there, like it might be, we have worldwide licensing of your content so we could put it you'll anywhere. You'll be surprised what they, yeah. You'll be surprised what they sneak so in there. <laughs> yeah. So read all of that. My yeah. biggest advice, if you want to work with sponsorships, read that agreement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So as far as sponsorships for blog posts specifically, are there some, tips or recommendations that you would have as far as setting your rate for blog posts? Yeah. So I would say, um, one of the big things that have, has helped me is how many words does the company want, right? Mm-hmm. How many words does the company want? Um, and that plays a big part in it too. And then like knowing your worth within yourself, like how much, how many page views are you getting? If you're getting mm-hmm. like 50,000, a hundred thousand page views, you could charge for that. Right. Because people are coming to your blog. They're seeing your content. So keep that in mind, too. Mm -hmm. Just like if you have like an Instagram following and people are 
really engaging, you have a high following, you can charge more for that, right? Because they're going to, because yeah. you're going to send them more views, mm-hmm. more people signing up. So really focus in on what are your numbers right now and study those numbers and charge what you are worth. I always say charge the highest amount and then they will either come back and say, um, that's too much. Mm-hmm. And then you guys can maybe negotiate something a little bit smaller, right. you know, um, versus you lowballing yourself and it's yeah. too much work. And you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm doing mm-hmm. all this work for only a hundred dollars and I'm doing so much work and I don't even want to do it anymore. So yeah. I would say, yeah. um, make sure that you are charging what you are worth because you are worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's I love a lot that. of work to create content. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And with a blog post again, that's going to live on your site forever. So forever. go ahead and get those coins early <laughs> Yes, <laughs> because it's going to be paying them for years to come, you know? Yes, yeah. it sure is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know you have built quite a following. You are obviously super credible in this space and have gotten a lot of media attention as well. So how did you go about doing that? Do you have any tips to help other people get featured in media? Yeah. So I would say like really honing into like the platforms that you may like, if you like, like, like Essence, for example, get Mm -hmm. to know the reporters at Essence, like reach out to them or follow them on Twitter or Instagram, see what they're doing and study what they're doing. Like Mm -hmm. what is, what is really popular on their website, you know, and think of the things that you can offer too, because everybody has a story. And believe it or not, reporters want to hear those stories. Did you lose like a lot of weight in a short amount of time? Did you pay off a lot of debt? Did you um, start a home business that now you're a millionaire or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be? Like they want to hear these stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good idea. And you get most of these um, opportunities through Twitter. Is that right? Yeah. So so Twitter is a really great platform to find um, just information about different reporters and everything like that and to follow them too. So Twitter is a great place to maybe pitch some reporters as well and to follow them because it's like not a lot of noise on Twitter, like a lot of whole lot of pictures and a whole lot of videos and nothing like that. Some pictures, but the uh, majority of it is just, you know, text. So it's just really easy to just contact um, different reporters and just to follow them and kind of reach out to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. I have a Twitter account that I set up like, 15 years ago. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I'm so bad. I never get on Twitter, really. I need to start. Yeah, I had to come back to it because I had had it for like a long time and I was just like, what is the purpose of this? Mm-hmm. Now, there are some people on Twitter, they are killing it. They have like 50,000 followers. They do a lot of those threads and yeah. like, it's just, mm-hmm. what is, like, you guys are killing it. Like, yeah. I like Instagram a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun over there. Especially now with reels. Yeah. A lot of work, but it's fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Keep it fun, y'all. Keep it fun. Yeah. If it becomes too much and you're burnt out, just relax and take a break. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So Mm -hmm. we just talked about a ton of stuff that goes into blogging. There's so much as far as getting traffic, creating content and all of that. So what are, I guess, a couple of main tasks that you say someone needs to do in order to see growth with their blog and business overall? Yeah. So creating that content on a weekly basis, staying consistent. I see a lot of bloggers fall off. So they start and they don't get the results that they want and they give up. 
but you got to keep going because like I did not see no traffic for the first year and a half. Like it wasn't until like I started really to get on Pinterest and started to constantly pin with Tailwind <laughs> at that point <laughs> that I yeah. started to see some like some traction. So staying consistent, creating that content that your target audience um, can benefit from and serving them in that way and really just showing up is like 90% of success I feel like showing up mm -hmm. studying who all like other people that are doing it and showing up <laughs> yeah yeah it's amazing that you kept going after a year and a half of it quote unquote yeah. not working you know like so many people would yep. have given up way before then and look you've turned it into a six-figure business yay yes I did yeah yes. that's awesome <laughs> and it was like you know it's been like you know entrepreneurship can has it has is highs and lows but I feel like the highs of it outweighs everything you know I get to mm -hmm. be with my kids get to travel with them get to be my own boss get the you know it's just it's just some days are harder than others but that's yeah. okay that's mm -hmm. okay because the yeah, good days outweigh it. yeah are worth it oh love that so one of the last questions I always ask my guests is what is the most important lesson you've learned when it comes to entrepreneurship that you wish you had learned sooner oh burnout is real I was just okay like oh, I have like, I'm the type that likes to work and work and work mm -hmm. and not give myself a break, but y'all take rest. Burnout is real. It will be there. Okay. Yeah. You know, spend time with your kids, you know, um, turn the phones off, um, whatever you can do, try to do that. Give yourself a day off, go get mm -hmm. some ice cream, we'll get a massage, <laughs> whatever that looks like for you, do it because yeah. you're worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't help anybody if you burn yourself out and then you're no longer serving your people, you know, in your community as well as your family too. So yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been really wonderful. You want to go ahead and tell thank everyone you. where they can connect with you online? Yeah, so you can reach me at my website at latashapeterson.com. You can also find me on Instagram um, and Facebook at IamLatashaPeterson.com. And you can also find me at Twitter, and that one is I am LA Peterson, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll all be in the show notes. So <laughs> you can find, yes. find her on all the platforms. Thank <laughs> yes, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the first Hustle Then Brunch podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd love if you subscribed and left us a review. Another way to support the podcast is to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me at first Hustle Then Brunch so I can repost it. Thank you so much for supporting the show and I'll see you in the next episode.